has now been nine years since one of San Diego's most notorious deaths. Rebecca Zahau found hanging at a Coronado mansion. Claire, an emergency. What are you reporting? Yeah, uh, I, I got a girl hung herself. It's on Ocean Boulevard across from the hotel. There's been four reenactments now, 2011, 2018, 2019, and now this latest one paid for by the family. Anybody that looks at this says this could not be a suicide. That's just impossible. Looking at a suicide investigation, trying to prove a suicide investigation, that's not how justice is done. My name is Scott Roeder. I'm an evidence specialist. People want to rush to an opinion, they want to rush to the story before the evidence even has been analyzed. I stick to the physical and the forensic evidence. I look at the totality of the evidence and put it together, kind of like a puzzle. is to change the house cause of death from suicide to either homicide or undetermined. This is Evidence Room. episode to the one and only beautiful love of my life, my own personal mystic. Love you, Crystal. This one was for you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please be seated for the following podcast. Welcome to the Crime Scene Time Machine. I'm your host, Scott Roeder, and you are here because you are interested in the truth. And the truth is sometimes very simple. On today's podcast, we're going to be re-examining redefining and possibly replacing some key terms related to all of the subjects that we're so very interested in. Terms such as anomalous, phenomenon, conspiracy theory, extraterrestrials, and outer space. I think these terms which really uh, have become commonplace in today's society, need to be looked at again and um, uh, discussed, talked about, and uh, to get a better uh, or a higher understanding 
of how they are applied uh, by the powers that be and how they are used as labels to classify individuals, groups, and events for control purposes. So, you know, let's take control back of these key terms, re-examine them, redefine them, replace them so that they are more in line with the truth. That's another term that we're going to put on that list, truther. It's going to um, be an interesting podcast, I hope, and uh, stick around. We're just getting started. Conspiracy theory. Oh, it's a dirty word today, isn't it? It's very interesting, too. The people that use the word conspiracy theory as a negative are primarily the uh, keepers of the discussion, right? Uh, the people who feel they can control the narratives of what's going on in the world and when uh, regular people out there like you and me uncover some kind of wrongdoing, some kind of injustice that uh, may implicate current keepers of power. Uh, they're uh, the keepers of power, their spokespeople, such as the legacy media. Uh, They uh, are dispatched to discredit these seekers of justice um, and label them as a conspiracy theorist. Now, it's interesting that, you know, up until, I don't know, 1950, uh, conspiracy theorist or conspiracy theory, conspiracy, the word to say, let's just start with conspiracy. Uh, it is a term used, uh, I think, originally in the law uh, to describe the collaboration of people to commit a crime. You've heard terms uh, uh, such as conspiracy for murder. He's been convicted on conspiracy to murder. Or, uh, say, uh, the wife was arrested on conspiracy of murder because she reached out to a hitman on Craigslist to kill her husband. Now, of course, the hitman on Craigslist was an undercover police officer <laughs> posing as a hitman to lure in, kind of like Chris Hansen, uh, uh, you know, People who are looking to commit crimes, right? Uh, and uh, people get convicted of conspiracy to commit crimes every day. Every single day. 
Uh, like, for example, also sometime in the 1930s or 20s, something like that, the government uh, had an uh, act through guys like Jedgar Hoover, Elliot Ness, all these guys to take down organized crime, right? Uh, because organized crime is a conspiracy to commit crime, a conspiracy to create an organization outside of the law, against the law, to take things that are not yours, or obtain wealth and uh, power and assets through means that are not approved of, like intimidation, subversion, Straight up stealing, misrepresentation of the facts, right? Uh, posing yourself as somebody who you are not. Uh, these are all factors of uh, what goes into a conspiracy, right? And um, you know, being a professional in the world of justice as a crime scene expert, uh, I hear that term conspiracy all the time, right? However. Uh, the term conspiracy theory in pop culture uh, has turned out to be kind of a dirty word, you know. <laughs> uh, and if you get a little bit too close to the truth, uh, you'll get uh, uh, one of these professional communicators on behalf of the establishments uh, that come out and call you a conspiracy theorist. Now... In and of itself, you know, that shouldn't be an offensive term, but the way it's used is, the implication is, that you're nuts. You're crazy. You believe in conspiracies? You're just bonkers, right? How could it possibly, in any way, how could that be? There's no such thing as a conspiracy, right? No such thing. So, <laughs> I uh, had an idea. Let's change the word conspiracy theory to something a little bit uh, more in line with what the keepers of power want you to believe conspiracies really are. And... Let's just go and start with the, the John F. Kennedy assassination. Big surprise, right? It's a case uh, near to my heart. Uh, that case kind of dropped me in on my head <laughs> uh, into the uh, truth, or uh, I think, mindset. Because for you to believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted as a lone gunman to kill John F. Kennedy on 1963 in November in Dallas, Texas, you would have to believe also that, um, you know, this guy clearly, he went to Russia, he defected as an American citizen, and he works there for a while, meets a girl, and then is able, during the Cold War, without any problem from the Department of State, get back into the United States without anybody noticing and take down 
the most impressive potential presidency of the United uh, in the history of this country. Uh, for you to believe that, you have to believe that that's just a coincidence that he was able to slip through the cracks. So whenever we see a coincidence, we're going to put a coin in the coincidence jar. Okay, I missed the coin in the coincidence jar. So whenever we see a, co a co coincidence, we're going to drop a coin into the coincidence jar. Okay? Uh, so let's just loosely kind of go back with John F. Kennedy again. Let's go toward the end of the Kennedy investigation, the death investigation. Uh, uh, the brain of John F. Kennedy was stolen, excuse me, is missing from the National Archives. It just turns out that the only incontrovertible physical piece of evidence that would get you to that 100% about Kennedy being shot from the front is his brain. But guess what? His brain is missing. Okay, let's uh, tackle any other uh, issue here with the John F. Kennedy assassination. Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson became president of the United States when JFK was murdered. Lyndon B. Johnson is also well was also one of the key members in Majestic 12, which was an organization put together by Harry Truman to investigate the UFO phenomenon. Secretary of the State Robert Forrestal, who was instrumental in mentoring John F. Kennedy, was also visited by Lyndon B. Johnson the day before he allegedly <clears throat> committed suicide in the Bethesda, Maryland hospital in Maryland where he was held prisoner because he wanted to uh, bring into the public eye or had a uh, serious uh, misunderstanding or uh, serious mis disagreement, I should say, with uh, other members of Majestic 12 about the handling of top secret information related to uh, war, technology, and uh, the UFO phenomenon. And although there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever that he was suicidal, he was pushed, I mean, he threw himself off of the 36th floor of the Bethesda, Maryland Hospital uh, 
and died. Okay. I'm going to need more coins for this. Okay. So I think you get the point, guys. Uh, the whole idea here is uh, let's stop using conspiracy theory, and I'm going to start referring to myself as a coincidence theorist. What do you think? I like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, uh, look at another couple of key terms. There's uh, uh, everybody always talks. Well, you know, we're, we're right now. Hey, we're in the middle of uh, this uh, worldwide investigation over the last couple of years. Well, at least since 2019 of the uh, UFO UAP phenomenon. The Basically, it all comes down to uh, 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 there is an idea out there that uh, I happen to believe it's true in some regards, uh, not the way most people think it's true, uh, but we'll get into that, about the um, extraterrestrials from outer space. Uh, there's aliens, right, folks? Uh, and they're coming from a far-out galaxy somewhere out there in the infinite universe, or are they? Let's take a look at a couple of those words, okay? Extraterrestrial. E.T. What do those words mean? We have the word extra. I don't think uh, we need to define the word extra. Although I do have to <laughs> shout out to a couple of key individuals in my life where I, uh, <laughs> there's a quote, Hey, I love you. You're great, Scott, but uh, a little extra. <laughs> okay, so we all know what extra means. What does the word terrestrial mean? Terrestrial means land. Extra terrestrial. Extra land. Okay. Pretty simple, right? Words mean things. Words are chosen in today's society very specifically. So we must conclude that when the powers that be are referring to extraterrestrials, they're referring to people who are coming from a place of extra land, more land. There's more land somewhere. Where is it? We don't know. Uh, they say, powers that be, again, that the extraterrestrials are coming from outer space. Okay, let's look at that word outer space. So as I stand here on the earth, and I think about the word outer, I suppose it would emanate to my left, to my right, to my forward and my rear. That is my outer space. I would think it would also refer to my north and my south. Uh, Outer, right? Anything outside of me, outside of where I am, is outer. But how far outer, right? Uh, I suppose you could look at outer space and say it's an engine. <laughs> My neighbor starting up his trick. So we take a quick break and uh, re-examine the word outer space after this message from our sponsors. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so we're talking about outer space. 
and extraterrestrials. Well, where is this outer space at? Okay. Uh, now we've seen all kinds of animations um, of what outer space is supposed to look like. Um, we've seen these animations of what our Earth is supposed to look like from outer space. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, try to have a little bit of fun with this, guys, because you know a lot of people take this real seriously, and it is serious. But I think we got to have a little bit of a perspective. You know, we can only control how we see things and should not be overly concerned about how the powers that be refer to us. Because, you know what? Fuck them. Nobody can stand them while he's alive. So we tell them to stick it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's how we should treat the government, right? Like, uh, you know. Fuck them. You know what I mean? Why are we trying to seek daddy's approval, you know? Are we that insecure as people that we need daddy, the government, the power, the authority, the media to tell us that we're good and special, you know? To rub our bottom and tell, them, tell us that it's, you know, round and soft and that they love us. Do we really need daddy that bad? You know? But that's what the government wants, right? The government wants you to call them daddy. And if there's any song out there <laughs> that would be the perfect theme song for our <laughs> institutions, and I just don't mean government. I mean the media. I mean college. They all want you to call me daddy. They would like you to just take them at their word. Because the people that say they know say that there's this uh, Big Bang Theory. The people who say they know say that billions of years ago there was nothing. And out of nothing came everything. And then, boom. Big Bang. You know it's true because there's a TV show called The Big Bang Theory, right? Where these nerds sit around and, uh, hmm, out of space. <laughs> That's right, I said it. Nerds. Maybe we should start calling this podcast, uh, or we should at least have a, an episode called How Are the Nerds Trying to Kill Us Today? Like those nerds out at CERN in Switzerland or wherever with their large hydron collider. They're trying to kill us, man. The nerds are trying to kill us. I think, you know, remember that movie, uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds back in the 80s. Campy movie about these college nerds that they can't get the girl, you know. Everybody's teasing them and picking on them and 
you know, pulling their pants down and, you know, calling them booger and they all wear these horn-rimmed glasses and study their books. <laughs> and the bad guys in the movie are like the athletes, you know, oh, get out of here, nerd. You're never going to get laid because you're a nerd. You know, gives you a real sympathetic view of nerds, right? It makes you uh, feel sorry for them, you know? But guess what? We now live in the days of the nerds, in the time of the nerds. The world is controlled by nerds. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Because the one thing I know is that nerds love science and math. And I love science and math, too. I don't like math math. I like geometry, which is a kind of math. It's also a kind of science. I love science, although I am not a scientist. But I study and I practice and I make my living for the last 30 years, approximately, in the field of forensic science. Okay? Where people's lives are at stake. People could go to jail for the rest of their life or walk home free based on the scientific reconstruction of crime scenes. So, you know, it's kind of important, right? So, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, there is, uh, well, uh, the Big Bang is a theory, right? Okay, let's get back to the Big Bang. The Big Bang is a theory. It cannot be proven. It is a mathematical calculation. Uh, to, based on the premise that it all came from nothing. So for you to believe that the Big Bang is true, or at least that it's a probable hypothesis, uh, you have to start with the basic concept that in the beginning there was nothing. That doesn't make sense to me to start there. That's a pretty big assumption. Now, we do have to make certain assumptions in science to conduct the scientific experimentation. We have to make certain assumptions. Right? But then you also have uh, what's called unknown variables, say X. So, but the X of the theory of the Big Bang and the creation of everythingism starts with a pretty big X unknown valuable of in the beginning there was nothing. And from that nothing came everything. And that is the answer that we're trying to find. You know? So that's that that's the Y on the axis, right? So X, there's nothing. Y, there's everything. And the calculation to get to know the value of Y is astrophysics. Guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson who are out there measuring moons, baby! <laughs> the clown of the astrophysics world, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Out there, baby. He's out there, baby. Measuring moons. Measuring moons. God bless you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Go measure some more moons, baby. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I don't know why I hate him so much. I don't hate him. I just don't like him. 
I think because he's so pompous and blah, blah, makes me want to puke. All right, that's a little animated. All right, I'm going to recalibrate here for a second to roll the fire over. It's getting a little chilly out here. And uh, uh, we'll uh, take a look at the word truth and truther as it relates to the world today and you know, figure out what do they mean by that. We'll be right back. Okay, and we are back. Okay, so uh, as we all know, in the world of truth, right, community of truth, uh, there's a movement where uh, I believe there's a groundswell of people that are interested in the truth. I mean, that's kind of how I started this whole podcast, right? The beginning of the podcast is you're here because you're interested in the truth. And truth, very much like conspiracy theory, has kind of become a dirty word again. Where, uh, where if people uh, who have not yet awoke hear you talk about things like, uh, you know, 9-11 was an inside job, or uh, the jab is a conspiracy, or... Um, you know, there are, uh, reptilians living among us. <laughs> You're a truther. You're a truther. Like, is that, that's a, that's, is that supposed to be an insult? You're a truther. So let's take a word, uh, take a look at the word truth. Uh, according to the dictionary, it is the, uh, quality and state of being true. In accordance with fact and reality. And I think therein lies the answer to why the truthers are considered dangerous. Because the idea of pursuing truth affects the perception and the control of our shared reality. Reality. Uh, sorry, uh, inside joke. Uh, reality. Uh, there's this guy uh, who says he uh, um, his channels uh, extraterrestrials. His name is Bashar, and uh, he's entertaining. Uh, but uh, uh, he, the way he says reality is very specific. Reality. <laughs> So whenever I hear the word reality, I always hear his voice in my head. Uh, but uh, let's get back on track here. So truth, truth, or truth, true, is dangerous, just like conspiracy theories are dangerous, because they question our shared reality. Let's drop back into the old John F. Kennedy assassination for a second. My understanding is that there's been surveys of the American people conducted 
as to whether or not they believe that our own government was involved in a conspiracy to kill John F. Kennedy and the overwhelming results of that poll are something like more than 60% believe that there was a conspiracy by, in part, our own government. Uh, mind you, this might be the shadow government. This might be, as uh, my friend Jim Kirk says, Jim Quirk says, uh, the secret control group, whatever you want to call these people, the deep state, whatever, it doesn't matter what they're called, uh, that, um, that those people are trying to control the shared reality. I'm not buying in. I don't share your reality that Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone gunman. I don't share your reality that there is a worldwide and vast conspiracy that has unlimited money, influence, and resources, both people and material, that try to control and affect our perceived reality. I do not share your reality that we need to be at a constant state of war. I do not share your reality that everything the consensus of the scientific community says is true. These are just my thoughts and I offer them to you for your consideration. We're going to take another quick break so I can get a cup of coffee and uh, we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Okay, uh, so uh, we're going to wrap up this episode with uh, maybe a little bit more of a lighthearted little conversation out there in the conspiracy, I'm sorry, excuse me, uh, coincidence world. <laughs> uh, and that's the whole idea, these reptilians, right? You know, there's a investigator out there, a writer by the name of uh, David Icke. Friends of mine like uh, Ross Colehart uh, refer to him as a scallywag. <laughs> uh, but uh, David Icke takes his work pretty seriously, and he has this theory that uh, there uh, were uh, these reptilians that, or are these reptilians that uh, 
are evil and uh, uh, subvert their uh, identity uh, and our uh, masquerading in the world today um, as uh, powerful people. And, and, you know, he probably has a little bit of that right in that if you look at the state of the world, um, there are some unhuman, certainly unholy, uh, aspects to our world leadership, the rulers of the world, presidents of countries, global corporations that um, <laughs> uh, the theory is that um, they're reptilians and uh, uh, they're evil. Let's not call them the reptilians anymore, though. Let's just call them shapeshifters. Okay? It's a little bit of an easier term to wrap your soul around, at least for their perspective. Because, you know, we got to try to bring the conversation to a little bit less of a hostile nature. And, and when you call somebody a reptilian, oh, you're calling them a snake. You dirty dog, you. You dirty snake. You dirty reptilian. It's an insult, right? Just like a truther, right? So I don't want to take their game and, and, and use that to my advantage. So let's not call them reptilians. Let's call them shapeshifters. That's a little, little more palatable, a little less offensive, right? So uh, if there is, say, extraterrestrials uh, that are shapeshifters, that are part of our society, let's maybe try to figure out, you know, who would these reptilians, these shapeshifters be? You know, a lot of people have the theory that, oh, the Queen of England and the royal bloodline, you know, they evoke their ancestral uh, Nephilim uh, reptilian uh, spirits and because they think they're better than you, right? Because they have the secret knowledge, they have the secret bloodline, and that's why they get to be the rulers by divine providence. They get to rule stuff, right? That's what they think. Well, the people that say they know, they say that that's what they think, okay? Uh, but uh, that's pretty heavy stuff. Uh, so let's just maybe take a look at uh, who out there in the world uh, could have been or is now possibly a shapeshifter or a extraterrestrial that's walking among us, right? I would say the first place to go is let's look at sports. <laughs> uh, and if I had to pick any one athlete in my lifetime, that maybe is a reptilian or a shape-shifting alien with superpowers, it would be Michael Jordan. Um, if anybody out there doesn't know who Michael Jordan is, he was that guy from Space Jam, you know, uh, where they fought, where they played basketball against a, an alien race. Uh, for control of the universe, right? That's the whole point of the movie Space Jam. Very popular movie. I love that movie. As a matter of fact, I went as Bugs Bunny from Space Jam for Halloween this year. My girlfriend uh, went as Lola Bunny. My dog went as Michael Jordan. And my other dog went as Patrick Ewing. <laughs> we gave out candy just like that. Um, it was great fun. Uh, <laughs> so, Michael Jordan definitely. As a matter of fact, there's even that one video on YouTube. Of Michael Jordan dunking a basketball, where it looks like his arm extends, like 
an extra two feet to make this dunk, you know? Very convincing stuff. So maybe Michael Jordan is a shapeshifter. Who else out there in the world of sports uh, might have been an athlete, you know? And you got to look at people that that are so amazing athletically that they just redefined sports, right? Michael Jordan definitely won. Who else? Tiger Woods? Maybe. I've never seen anybody in his prime as good as that guy was at golf. I mean, nobody better. Uh, just amazing. And you, and you look at some of the terms people use when to describe athletes. Oh, he's got superhuman strength, you know? Uh, well, maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's uh, open it up to the public. Uh, go ahead and uh, on the Spotify, I'm going to put a poll out there. Uh, and I'll make a list uh, of uh, different athletes uh, that may or may not be uh, shapeshifters. And uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, just a little fun, having a little fun with it. Uh, maybe they're not all bad. Yeah, maybe they're just coming down here to, you know, play sports and try to enjoy the human experience and whatnot. So let's not color them all with the, the same pen. You know, I'm sure there's a couple of good ones out there. You know, like, hey, what, he's one of the good ones. Yeah. Um, so just a little fun for you out there. But I got to get back into the world of crime scene today. Uh, so I'm going to have to cut this podcast right here. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Come back uh, anytime. Listen to some of our archive episodes. If you want to hear, if I think, there's two episodes in my archives that I would direct you to. If you want to learn more about the crime scene time machine and what we're all about here, and that would be my episode where I interview Dr. Cyril Weck on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. We're going to be talking a lot about John F. Kennedy because this is the 60th anniversary coming up this year. So this is not my last time I'm going to mention that case. Uh, and then the other episode that I have, which I find, uh, I don't know, I really liked it, was uh, my interview with Harvard professor Avi Loeb. And I want you to pay particular attention to a question that I ask Avi Loeb about what is gravity. Very interesting answer he gave me on that. So from everybody here at the Crime Scene Time Machine, to everybody out there, I love you. Talk to you soon. I'd like to dedicate this episode to the one and only beautiful love of my life, my own personal mystic. Love you, Crystal. This one was for you. Let's go.
that's the show, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, I love you, planet Earth.